Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Conversations with Mark Becker, a podcast produced by Georgia State University. You can find this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play, or watch it on YouTube. In this and future podcasts, I sit down with leaders who are shaping the future of higher education in America and beyond. We'll dive into the challenges and opportunities facing higher education and policies and practices that show promise of a brighter future. I hope that you will find these conversations stimulating and thought-provoking, and if you do, please subscribe so that you will not miss future episodes. Again, I'm your host, Georgia State President Mark Becker, and today my guest is Tina Fernandez, Executive Director of Achieve Atlanta. Welcome, Tina. Thank you. Well, Tina, why don't we start off with what is Achieve Atlanta? Yeah. So to explain what Achieve Atlanta is, I'd like to actually just start with a little bit of context. And this is mm-hmm. these are things you already know, but as you know... But not the other the people listening don't right, know. Right, the people <laughs> listening don't know. Um, but Atlanta, by many measures, is having an amazingly prosperous time. Mm-hmm. So we've got a great economy. We've got the third largest concentration of Fortune 500 companies mm-hmm. across the country. Um, we have really low unemployment. And the city is booming. But the reality is is that not everyone is sharing in that prosperity. Mm -hmm. Alongside with that prosperity, we also have one of the lowest rates of social mobility in the entire country. And the Brookings Institute has named us the capital of income inequality three of the last five years. That's not something to be proud of. Not something to be proud of. And we know that still in the United States, and you know this, access to a higher education and a degree is still correlated with how well you're going to do um, in terms of your income. And so um, the reality is, is that up until about four or five years ago, in Atlanta, only 14% of Atlanta public school students were going on to earn a post-secondary degree of any kind within six years of graduation. Associates, technical degree, Technical, associates, four-year degree. And so when you consider that very few students are getting a degree, and then that we've got this income inequality, we believe that the biggest catalyst for social mobility is still helping students get a degree. And so that is really what Achieve Atlanta is about. So we crystallize that into our vision, which is that one day Atlanta will be a city where race and income no longer predict post-secondary success. And the way that we work to achieve that vision is we help students access, afford, and complete a post-secondary credential. That's terrific. So Mm -hmm. I know you don't do that alone. So let's start off with what is your relationship with the Atlanta Public Schools? Because you are not part of the Atlanta Public Schools per se. That's right. So our our model is really premised on the idea that to be able to make this large scale change requires cross-sector collaboration. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we come in. We really help to lead this cross-sector collaboration across different systems. And then think about the pipeline from high school all the way to college completion. And then how can we bring resources, um, people, organizations around particular issues and help solve those problems. So we start with Atlanta Public Schools, who's an amazing partner of ours. We have a formal partnership with them. And with the district, we have designed a college advising program that spans the entire district and that we've been implementing over the last four years. So we work closely with district staff, with high school staff, with counselors. We bring in several nonprofits to provide additional capacity around college advising. Um, one of those nonprofits is the College Advising Corps, which Georgia State is hosting several of our college advisors, and then also an organization called One Goal. Mm-hmm. And through those nonprofits and with the district, we have looked at the research, identified all of the leading indicators that students need to hit to be able to get to college, and then all together set collective goals around making sure that students are hitting those milestones. 
And I think it's quite remarkable, the agreement that you have with APS, because mm -hmm. it's even a data sharing agreement, as I recall. Yeah, and that's actually one of the key elements of our agreement, is that APS shares student-level data with Achieve Atlanta, and together, their data team and our data team are constantly monitoring the data. So we put in place data collection methods to be able to track our progress along these indicators. The APS data team um, publishes monthly dashboards that then district staff and our staff and our partners can look at. And then we think about, okay, what's working, what's not working, where are we seeing problems? So it really is this continuous improvement process that's completely data-driven. And there's no way that we could have done that without APS without their willingness and, to share the data. Kudos to Dr. Christoffel yes, and yourself absolutely. for being able to form that kind of partnership with that kind of trust, really. And, and I think that's key, Mark, is that this is only works when you trust each other as partners and you have a common vision, and, and in this situation we do. So we're really excited about what we're able to do together. Yeah, and I'm all about the data, and we'll get back to mm -hmm. the data, but let's get to the kids for a minute. Mm -hmm. So if from the point of view of an APS high school student, yep. um, how does Achieve Atlanta literally touch them? What are the interactions you have with them, and what, how do they go through that high school experience um, yeah. with Achieve Atlanta? Sure. So over the last couple of years, we've really focused on the second part of a high school student's experience. Mm -hmm. And so currently, when a student comes in junior year, they start to hear about college. Um, college advisors on the campus are bringing representatives to talk about college, doing college tours, et cetera. And one of the initiatives that we've started, which we're really excited about, is SAT and the school day. Mm -hmm. And so we brought in the college board and with the district, decided that instead of having students have to figure out how to take the SAT on their own, we would administer the SAT during the school day to all juniors during their spring semester. Okay. This is the second year that we have implemented that. And we're really excited to say that over 95% of APS juniors are taking the SAT at least once during their junior year for free. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to worry about transportation. They don't have to worry about um, their registrations, et cetera. This is all happening on the campus, which is a huge uh benefit and uh, and removes a lot of barriers that low-income students have for one of the key steps in going to college. That happens in junior year. Our one goal uh, partner, uh, national organization that also works with students, starts working with juniors um, in six APS high schools. And they start talking to them about, you know, what are, what's your current GPA? What are your current test scores? Where do you want to go to school? If you want to get from point A to point B, then what do you need to do in what's, terms of the academics? Right, what's the pathway? What's, what's the, the pathway? What's the process? It's a dedicated class that the student has on their schedule all of junior year. And so we've got lots of students that are also working with one goal junior year. Once students get to senior year, that's when the college application process really kicks in. And so we have 27 college advisors across all APS high schools, and we have set a target that 90% of seniors will meet with their college advisor at least once every semester, and we're happy to say that we've surpassed those targets. And so college advisors sit with the students at the very beginning of their senior year and start talking about where do you want to go to school, what are the considerations, how do we build your college lists, and then walking them through that process. So you're, what, four years in? We're four years in. Now, I'll, I pause because we've got lots of additional ideas about how we want to be working with students um, even earlier in the grades. Mm -hmm. And so we're excited that over the next year, we're going to be testing and piloting some initiatives. But even four years in, you said four or five years ago, APS, about 14% mm -hmm. of the students, if I heard you correctly, were achieving a post-secondary credential. Yeah. Uh, 
in, let's say last year, yeah. what percentage of the students coming out of APS enrolled in a four-year or two-year institution? Yeah, that's a great question. So because we've only been around for four years, mm -hmm. this is the first year where we're going to have students in every class in college. Mm -hmm. So we're very excited about that milestone. But when we started, we looked at the data, and only about 51% of APS graduating seniors were seamlessly enrolling in college, meaning that they mm -hmm. were going to college the fall after they graduated mm -hmm. high school. As of the latest data, which is 2018 data, 62% of APS graduates are seamlessly enrolling in college. So that's an 11 percentage point yep. increase in four years. And what's more is that while we've been increasing the, the percentage of graduates going to college, APS has been increasing the number of Atlanta Public School graduates. Mm -hmm. And so as the high school graduation rate is going mm -hmm. up, the college enrollment rate is also going up. And we think that's super exciting. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, I know one of the things for me that's very exciting about Achieve Atlanta is when they graduate from high school, you don't walk away. That's right. You stay with the students um, through their post-secondary experience. Yep. So could you describe for our listeners what it, what you do for the students once they're in college or a technical college or whatever it may be? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the key components of our program is not just helping students get to college, but also helping students afford college. Mm -hmm. And that is through the Achieve Atlanta Scholarship. The Achieve Atlanta Scholarship is a large uh, need-based scholarship. We believe that it is the largest need-based scholarship in the state of Georgia right now. Mm -hmm. And um, we knew that students needed to be able to access additional funds to even make college right. a possibility. Even with Pell Grants and Keep Hope a lot. Exactly. Or, uh, the scholarship Hope's, and other Exactly. Yeah. And as it turns out, only about a third of APS students going to college were even qualifying for, for Hope. Hope. Okay. And so we knew that there was a big gap. So with generous support from the Woodrow Foundation, the mm -hmm. Whitehead Foundation, um, there is a scholarship fund, and and based on a student's financial need, and, and we figured that out by having students apply for the FAFSA, then they can get the Achieve Atlanta scholarship. And so students going to a two-year or technical school get $1,500 a year for two years, mm -hmm. and students who are going to a four-year institution get $5,000 a year for four years. Okay. So that's $20,000 towards a bachelor mm -hmm. degree, in addition to whatever they're getting from right. Pell and institutional aid, which makes a huge difference for yep. students. Absolutely. And and that is important, but it is a lot of people think, oh, the Achieve Atlanta scholarship, and that's it. Actually, that's one tool in a very big toolbox. Right. But what the scholarship also does is it establishes the relationship that we have with the student. When the students get the Achieve Atlanta scholarship, they sign a FERPA agreement and agree that they're going to share their academic information with us and that they're going to do certain things while they're in college. Mm -hmm. And so that's where our support in college comes in. So we have currently... Uh, partnerships with 10 colleges and universities, mm -hmm. including Georgia State and Perimeter College, who mm -hmm. were one of our very first partners. And through those partnerships, our university partners have agreed to designate uh, staff on their campus as the Achieve Atlanta liaisons. They connect the Achieve Atlanta scholars to whatever student advising or first year mm -hmm. support services they have on the campus. And those vary by campus, mm -hmm. um, but they connect students to the advising that they need and to all of the other supports that you, that you mm -hmm. know make students successful once they're in college. And then what we do is we meet with these partners twice a semester to look at the data. So how are these students doing? Are they progressing? Are they earning the credit hours that they're attempting? What's their GPA? Where are we seeing gaps? And together we work to problem solve and think about how we might increase uh, performance mm -hmm. um, so that students are on track to graduate. So that's on the on the 
on our partnerships with higher ed. Mm -hmm. A lot of our students go to schools where we don't have a partnership with a college or university. And in that instance, we bring in outside nonprofits to help coach and advise the students once they're on the campus. So that includes an organization called Beyond 12, which is a national mm -hmm. organization, a local organization called Edutech. And one goal also serves students into their first year of college. Okay. So through the Achieve Atlanta scholarship and our model, we have about 3,000 scholars as of this fall who are studying across 200 colleges and universities. 75% of those students are staying in the state of Georgia. Okay. And if they are in the state of Georgia, they are also getting a coach and advisor either through our partnerships with colleges and universities or through our mm -hmm. nonprofit partners. And what we're seeing is that this is increasing persistence from year to year in college. Um, and we're, we're excited about the possibilities. Okay, well, full disclosure, I serve on Tina's board, so <laughs> uh, I know a, a little bit about what she's talking about. And, I, and I, this point of the data. Mm -hmm. And so at every board meeting, we get data updates. Yep. So, you know, you know, I know you've got a um, data infrastructure. You have yep. a full-time data person yep. uh, as part of your staff. Uh, what are some of the insights, some of the learnings you've had so far just a few years in as you've gotten into this work? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, we've got a small and mighty data team mm -hmm. um, and what we have learned um, I'll give you a, an example one of the new initiatives that we're going to be starting at Atlanta Public Schools is helping students make stronger choices about where they're go where they will go mm -hmm. to college and that includes identifying schools that are good that are a good academic match mm -hmm. um, and the literature shows that a lot of students actually undermatch they could be going to a more selective institution mm -hmm. um, but for whatever reason they um, and usually it's around finances mm -hmm. yep. they make a, a different choice and when students undermatch they actually have a lower chance of finishing college they underperform right they underperform and so it's this idea of the higher the expectation students rise to that to that um, mm -hmm. that expectation so we looked at the data and what we found was that a significant percentage of Atlanta public school students who are going to college are undermatching meaning mm -hmm. they could be going to more selective institutions mm -hmm. um, and what we are doing is then thinking about how do we, uh, and with our data team and with APS's data team, we're, they're actually building an algorithm so that a student's uh, academic data will get put into this algorithm and um, will generate a list. And so a student who can go to Georgia State because they have the credentials will now see Georgia State on their list, as opposed to having to really try to create this list on their own, navigate all of the academic requirements of multiple institutions. Mm -hmm. And so what we're really trying to do is increase the number of students that are going to match schools. But first, we didn't even know we had a problem until we looked at the data. Yeah. And when we mm -hmm. saw that so many of our students were undermatching, we knew that we had to do something. So that's that's yeah. one example, and there are multiple like that. And it actually fits very nicely with the literature on choice architectures, mm -hmm. that if people have too many choices, they don't make good decisions. Right. They don't make optimal decisions. Right. But if you can give them an architecture where they have a small number of choices, they can make a more informed choice. Right. So instead of saying, you know, you can go to any college and university or even any college or university in Georgia. Instead, here are the three, five, seven, whatever number we recommend you look at most right. seriously. Exactly. And the other thing is that um, it enables more robust conversations from the college advisors mm -hmm. because often for a lot of low-income students and families, and, and it, it makes sense, the primary driver is 
cost. And so they're looking at how much is the tuition price. But what they don't understand is that there is financial aid, that there are ways of financing a college education, and those are really complex conversations. So if we can take the list building out of the equation and help students narrow their choices quicker, then you can start talking about the other things. What are the financial realities of those choices? Exactly. And sticker price is not necessarily the paid price. Exactly. So Achieve Atlanta is, um, you know, four years in, Mm -hmm. going into year five, um, exciting work, strong partnership with APS. Uh, But you're not the only model like this mm-hmm. in the country. So can you say something about other cities, other sure. districts that are doing similar work? Yeah. So what we have found is that there are lots of there are lots of organizations and collaboratives that are really trying to address the problem of degree attainment across the country. One model really focuses on the financial piece. And so mm-hmm. there are what are called promise pro- programs mm-hmm. um, in multiple states and cities across the country. And a promise program is a promise that there will be money for students who are going to college. Some mm-hmm. promise programs focus only on two-year schools. Some focus on four-year schools. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we are similar. We're sort of a, a, a smaller promise initiative mm-hmm. in that we're not the state of Georgia, mm-hmm. but we are, you know, we are uh, guaranteeing money for students from Atlanta public schools right. who meet the financial criteria. And so that's similar. There are also other models. Um, so, for example, in Boston, where collaboratives are coming together and bringing together nonprofits like uh, like organizations like Bottom Line and One Goal and others to really think about how do you bring nonprofits together so that more students get served and you're sort of tracking um, similar measures of success and really collaborating across those types of organizations. What we think is really interesting about Achieve Atlanta is that we actually have all of the components. We have the high school, we've got the financial, and then we've got the post-secondary coaching as well. And, And what we think our secret sauce is because all of this work gets done through partners. Right. We are, Georgia State is the expert in serving students. APS is serving students on their academic needs. Nonprofit service students. What do we do? We're really good at bringing people together, aligning around a common vision and common goals, and then creating the con- conditions for effective collaboration. And so right. we sort of see that as our role. And other places are starting to take notice. And so we've been invited to speak at several yeah. convenings across the country. Um, we've had delegations from other cities come to learn about the work that we're doing and how we're facilitating these partnerships. And at the end of the day, it's what you said at the beginning, which is it all comes down to trust yeah. and really thinking about we're all trying to achieve the same thing. How can we do our work, but also set aside any sort of personal organizational agendas to right. come around a common vision and really um, make progress? And and so that is that that it, we're super excited about thinking about how we might scale that to other places. Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Those I think back 20 years ago, I think one of the insights that I um, obtained from Frank Rhodes, former president of Cornell University, was one of the keys to success in the 21st century would be the ability to partner constructively. Mm-hmm. And, and you've, you've got that partnership modeling down to a T. You're mm-hmm. going great. But you also have not only the trust, but you have the data. And mm-hmm. so that you're constantly not only purpose-driven in what you do, right. but you're holding yourselves accountable for, for the purpose that you're driving towards. Absolutely, and that is huge. Um, and uh, we, you know, we measure everything. <laughs> <laughs> she, she means that, yeah, too. <laughs> we really measure everything. And yep. because we want to make sure that we're, that our work is producing, this is not about yep. feeling good. Yep. This is about 
getting results. Well, you're changing, um, no, you're, you're changing the world. You're, well, you, you just said in the beginning, um, uh, the disparities, uh, mm-hmm. income disparities, the opportunities in this city are gr- much greater than they should be. Right. And, and you're one of the organizations working hard to move that needle to close those disparities, close those gaps. Yeah, well, and that that is really what we're about. And I'm really proud to have a team of people mm-hmm. um, who are really dedicated to this work and, and have embraced that same philosophy, mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, we are holding ourselves accountable and we're holding our partners accountable. Um, and we can't hide because we've got the data right in front of us. And sometimes the data doesn't does not, you know, tell us what we want it to tell us. And so we go back to the drawing board and think about, okay, if this is not working, how do we make changes? So for listeners who want to know more about Mm -hmm. Achieve Atlanta, where can they get more information? Yep. People can go to our website, uh, www.achieveatlanta.org. We are also very active on social media. So find us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and and even YouTube. Uh, So Mm -hmm. there's lots of places you can find out about our work. Terrific. Well, Tina, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Yes, thanks, Mark. Uh, look forward to having you back in down the road as you continue your work and continue to learn and make progress and really make a difference for the city, for the, particularly for these students and their families. Well, thank you. Um, this has been uh, Conversations with Mark Becker, a podcast produced by Georgia State University. And you've been listening to a conversation with Tina Fernandez, Executive Director of Achieve Atlanta. To hear future conversations with leaders who are helping shape the future of higher education, you will find conversations with Mark Becker on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as on YouTube. Thank you for listening, and remember to subscribe so that you will not miss future episodes. Goodbye for now.